beginning of Act One. So, last time we began with you three arriving at your guild hall. Surprise, surprise! The gates open up, and there is celebration. There is applause. There is back slaps. There are drinks. There are Annie Teenies. Mm-hmm. A bunch of food is out there, and Annie's like, "I hate surprise parties." <laughs> As you all enjoy a surprise party, you have to. I specifically requested it. <laughs> um, Annie was plied with all of her favorite foods and familiar spices from her childhood, um, kebabs, ratatouilles, and whatnot that are in the coloration and rough shape of of her horns, drink in the coloration of her eyes, a um, obsidian, uh, albeit probably not the whole thing um, for sheer expense purposes, um, gravestone, and uh, conversations were had Fun was had. Several guests arrived that you're familiar with uh, from Heimat of Chorus, Forecast, Brotor, Steel Fist, Luck of Sun, uh, the Sheriff who came. Uh, but then there were four others that were familiar to you, but <laughs> you. not members, you. bless you. Uh, and that was the Fortune Star crew Captain mm-hmm. Elita, Dermon, Seamus, and Mamalda. Mm-hmm. And essentially saying, you know, we're around. We're we're looking for work. Maybe we could be pseudo members, sort of thing. Or it's like pseudo. We'll see about that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You three uh, um, en- ended the celebrations by going to a hot spring that was uh, crafted by Master Maker Canadius as well, and, and stoked by some others, and had a nice time. Relaxing, talking, a bit of self-pity, a bit of lifting yeah, up the stop it, Earth. spirits. I'll get over it. Just give me some time. It's not, not a bad thing. Just, just that is fun. As I see it, um, some spirits being lifted up, hoisted to the skies. Wait, you guys and can see in them? the end. In the end, <laughs> you can see them. You all saying, "Well, you're going home." Via him, up a tree. You'll hang out for a few more days here, and mm-hmm. then you will skedaddle to Elfheim, mm-hmm. and you'll just hang out here. Maybe you have a dinner date with the Marquis whenever you choose. It seems to be an open invitation. Whenever you want to, to come, you will be welcomed, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Then we broke into a bit of uh, controlled chaos there, which will be the theme of tonight, mm-hmm. as you had various other conversations, meetings, and the, the, and the such. For Example, Raphael blessed Norwin with the wooden um, majority of Ashugo's old weapon. The shards of the metallic portion, the broken parts of some other ancient weapon. Earth's keep, keep keeping like a cool shark tooth necklace around his his, his neck. Um, but gave you yes, this this <laughs> thing called heartwood, uh, made made of heartwood, which. Hopefully the elves can help you forge into a shield, oh, yes. something to, to uh, you can then <clears throat> now can graft onto your dragon sh- shield thing. Mm-hmm. You're like, Bing. um, their chats, <laughs> conversations, and these such are had. Annie um, had some conversations with Elkurus. He has he spent the night here and there, but he's spending definitely more nights on patrol and infiltrations. But 
very much not giving you many details um, with that. Basically telling you to focus on the light above, keeping Elspeth safe while he looks at the darker underbelly of the city. Part of th that was he did admit to you that something fairly extreme happened while you were all gone. Uh, do you recall what that was? The born larvae. Not that. A certain establishment was broken into. Ah, yes. The Crystals of Denian. Oh, Crystals of Denian, yeah. And four were killed, mm -hmm. but one got away. And they all seemed to be people from below, but well-armored. I think eight of them were, of were them. killed, okay. yes. And they did indeed seem to be uh, denizens of the lower plateaus in a, a variety of districts and such. They were, they were armored. Mm -hmm. Um... They came with weapons and simple magical items, but the most the oddest thing about that break-in was the fact that Denny, you can't have a magic store, you can't be a man who is a pur purveyor of magical goods without having unbelievable power and protection set up. Mm -hmm. Indeed, the person still got through the safe. Got through the protections, got through the, the, the safe as if it was hardly an, an inconvenience for them, mm -hmm. which led you and an Alcarus to a certain feline double but that may may have been involved <laughs> then yes the next thing was um he had the next night he had to get up yep. extra early for work um and next day after that uh, uh, uh the civis sun main headline that you hear about uh is the death of the bormar patriarch as he was being moved from the kundrak prisons to the court of high judge jerace uh, the public court hearing finally starting after the defense has had months to prepare. You went to Basilisk, then we're told he is in the office. You went to confront a harsh word to talk to him. Check to on make him. Sure. Check on. I was gonna say him. check on. Exactly. I wasn't confronting. I was fully like, I know you were there, and I want to make sure you're not dead. He seems completely <laughs> unblemished, though slightly more t tired than normal. Conversation was had, in which case uh, he pretty much said, "Don't worry about it." About it, and he said, "Do I need to worry about it?" And the answer was, "He asked me no." And Annie dropped it like it was hot. Not a thing. She is not there to uh, pester or throw her morals at Elkris. Just wanted to make sure he was safe. Mm -hmm. I believe the last thing we did then was we began part of our. Long short, long short with with Raphael, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where this would this would take place again. Timey will be me here. This would take place after you have already left mm -hmm. your journeys, and two new guests arrive: that mm -hmm. of Dakin mm -hmm. and Yulway. Some uh, well, friends in distant soldier. We always accept friends, and you said, "Open the doors," and they opened in. And um, we saw them. They're looking fairly well. Um, Yulwe is quite old, after after all. And conversations, pretty much, they have been on the move almost perpetually, never staying in one place for more than a month, hopping from hamlet to village to town to city, uh, picking up odd jobs, keep time moving steadily, but not using their obvious skills to rake in coin by any means because they don't need that. And they're trying to keep a low profile. There's been rumors... Um, 
uh, that the sword of the eagle and shield of the tortoise were in um, Agarstone seeking him. Unconfirmed, but enough to keep them moving and, and under wraps. To which Irv said, I only heard the first three, three, thi th three things. Can we stay? And the answer is, fucking bet you can. Um, other conversations would move past that. Um, obviously, Dakin's willing to work. He's asking what sort of thing you're putting on he here. Yilway is more than overjoyed to see a, a stockpile of tea, a, a mm. whole <laughs> shelf of, of teas. Um, and next uh, uh, button was the word. Yes, yes, when Norman does eventually return, he will find them all empty with the amount of tea that Yilway is happy. Because again, it's not a super common thing over in this area. So he, he is quite pleased to sit mm -hmm. there um, smoking a pipe occasionally, drinking tea constantly, chatting and watching as things go on. I wouldn't say he's as he's addled per se, but the, definitely there is an amount of stress that comes from fearing for your life. And he did get stabbed and ganked quite a few times when he did the rescue of your good friend Dakin. And game mechanics aside, just because you guys can sleep sleep it off and be completely, completely, completely fine the next day does not mean other people can. Mm -hmm. So. Bitches. <laughs> you mean those mechanics, bitch. I don't care about flavor. <laughs> so with that, we be... Yes, please. Well, what also, Annie approved the funds for multiple barracks. Yes. Mm, yes. 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 She's just going to mention that, that you get... Like what, seventy-five beds? Mm -hmm. Something like that. I forgot how big they were exactly. Mm -hmm. We were gonna let our good friend, blinking on his name, Saucy Pepe Le Pew Dwarf. That's <laughs> his name. That's his exact <laughs> yeah. name. Yeah. Svenny Silvertooth. Svenny, I there we go. I was like, yep. it's not Sylvester. That's why I just, just wanted to mention that because with all of the new people, it's the way we're there going. Indeed, it is mm -hmm. the way. He is more than happy to take your, your coin. I mean, accept your business, and building can commence quite shortly as you employ the um, Iron Hand Building Company once again. Anything else I, I missed? I think that's weird. Okay. <sighs> now we begin the real controlled. There poison is a whole. Hmm? Oh, I was just saying the poison lady's gone and this guy anchors are commissioned. There you go. See? Mm -hmm. I knew that there was. Well, there's going to be a lot of that. There's yeah. gonna, this is going to be a whole session tonight of some small things, some bigger things, some things that you guys want to you know, do, and some things that I want to, want, want to do because you're here. <laughs> what not? <laughs> uh, it's like, this guy just wants to kill us! That's his entire job! That was my hide the pain herald. <laughs> um, I am doing it. So, I will we'll go around the table. We'll see if there are smaller things, bigger things that you wish to accomplish. And there will be times that I will set scenes, which means for the sake of time and brevity here, um, there will be accelerations and I will simply set a, a scene placing you in it for you to react to 
um, if that offends, you know, like, I would never do that. Please do stop me and go back and say, I would actually have done this or interrupt me at any point in time. But it's easier for me to simply describe and set a scene and say, this is where you are. How do you react rather than us get to that scene via back and forth and RPs? How do you get, get there? Carpet. Which color is the carpet? The crimson one. Well, that one's taken. You'll have to use the blue one. <laughs> Finally, use the, use the blue one. This is the sort of high stakes gaming we want to have here. <coughs> so, because the blue is rigged to explode. Roll. <laughs> Off of it. <laughs> uh-huh. roll I, one more thing I will mention, just mm-hmm. because it feels pertinent, is that we did reach out to the Arch Lector and oh, his yeah. files were empty too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then he said, oh, When are you going to come he over? Said, fuck off, old man. <laughs> he, he said, Fuck off, old man. Right. I just died, basically. Mm-hmm. Very good point. Yes. Um, and Cassius and Sindris would be returned with lightning moss and uh, mm-hmm. eagle talons mm-hmm. for delivery to Hans and Galen, which you would be more than happy to go and see them. They don't have anything immediately for you. Um, I probably call. I think no. There you are already, a couple yeah, of health you, potions. You, you already gave, gave me some but stuff. Not much else. It hasn't been mm-hmm. that long a time. But now they can get to work on haste potions, which you actually did give her. But that was two mm-hmm. sessions ago, so it never happened. Mm-hmm. It never happened. So on that note. So begins the chaos here. Um, throw in a scene if you want. If there's a thing you want to do, probably best in general to get our get our feet wet. Let's start smaller, mm. and then we'll build up to bigger, more extravagant things. So, is there anything, um, Annie? What we'll start with you? I will start with going shopping for oil of slipperiness if mm-hmm. I can find it. Okay, go ahead and make me. A, a role here. Would you employ Elkaris as a... I'm just looking for this thing if you can find any. Or would you do this solo? Um, I would ask. Okay, so roll at advantage then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Both of them are 18s. How much should I add to that? Investigation, but you can add his if you want. His is, is higher that's than Elkris yours. That's room saying. I found some. It's at and then I'm saying in unison. <laughs> 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 investigation oh yeah 26 26 oh, that's why you yeah. so we'll say the DC of this was 20 because um, this is not a super duper duper helpful thing for war um, and it's not something that's in, that's intrinsically dangerous so it was tricky, <laughs> tricky, tricky to find as most things are that are magical in nature but it wasn't like 20, 25 or 30 which would be nearly impossible mm-hmm so you do find, uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you a chance of possibly finding up to three. Ooh. I'll have you roll a d6 before you, you, you do. On a one, two, or three, you only find one. On a four or five, you find two. On a six, you'll find three. There you go. I want six. Six. Yay! Oh, that's so real! Uh, you that's really have, nice. You got me. Thank you. You have the actual slip. Yes, sir. and you just had it. So why don't you just write down on that that you have four total? Okay. That way, um, mm-hmm. that will just be the parties. Obviously, you guys can distribute those when mm-hmm. the time comes as you see fit. How much gold? Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, I don't think it's like crazy expensive. So that we can uh, mark them off as we use them. It's a pretty high level spell. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Isn't freedom of movement fourth level? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Applies it for eight hours on contribution. Yeah, I know. I think that's normally only eight hours. I want to say they're like two G a piece. Knock it off. This this one doesn't say on it. My last one did, but mm-hmm. it will now. Yeah, so. 
going rate for oil of slipperiness is 480 gold. Oh, way cheaper than I thought. Yeah, yeah. way cheaper. So mm-hmm. So we can say, so it would be 1500 minus 60, so 1440. 1440? Okay. Um, are there any other beneficial water things to think of? Three minus fourteen forty. Ninety-three four six three. Four, six, three. And I'm sorry, how much is it? Four eighty? Four eighty. Yep. Mm-hmm. That would be not just one shop. That that would be your your friend Chartreuse Pop. Um, Elkris putting out some feelers and, and, and whatnot, meaning asking Ezekiel to do so. Um, and ultimately, I'll say that by the time you will leave the city for any important thing or your next leg of a journey, you will have those, those three. Okay. The other thing would be bringing the dragon bone to turn into a piccolo. Okay. Easily enough done. Um, you can just mark off, say... Good. Let's mark off 40 gold. For Calm down. 40 gold? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that's partially Daddy. with a hurry on it as oh, well. Oh, no. <laughs> I need to explain something to you here, buddy. <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Looking at my notes. <laughs> oh, no. I believe that's all of the short stuff I have, like the shopping short, short stuff. Mm-hmm. Short, short man. Yeah, yeah I mean, it is going any, to fall. There's no reason to get shorts. Is any conversations you want to have with like um, Elk or um, Elkris or Eklund? We can do those next time. We can come around to you. Stephen, Norman, mm-hmm. is there anything that you would want to to do specifically before you leave for Amalfheim? Is there anything else that holds your attention that you need to do within Heimat? Uh, I think we basically had covered everything that was on my list other from working in the gardens with Kikwa, but I'd also go into Forkas's place and get a, a sash, essentially a gold, like a dull gold sash, essentially. Easily enough done. Uh, he actually won't even charge you for, for that because it's a pittance, mm-hmm. and um, the amount of gold that you guys have thrown at him in the past, this is a... Here, take it. Take mine. (laughs) (laughs) It says birthday boy. That's fine. It's my birthday. It's all that he was wearing. (laughs) Oh, so that's easily enough done. Any other um, items, conversations? Um, It doesn't have to be shopping. It's not necessarily Mm -hmm. a shopping episode by any means. Mm -hmm. It's more just of any um, interactions you'd want to have that are worthy of exploring here. We assume that you're chatting with folks and, again, like you said, spending a lot of time with Kikwa out there. Do you have any herbs that are ripe to get to make things? This would be a good time for that. I'll I'll check that. I don't... Well, maybe I do, actually. Um, I'll check my notes while you go on the video and then I'll just bring that up. Because that might take me a moment. Mm-hmm. Leo, anything you would like to do Earth at all here? Oh, thank you. Get the character here. Um, well, let's see. Ooh. If Marissa's around, I'd have a chat with her. Yes, she was there. She hasn't yet to go off on, on any things. You can find her easily enough. Um, 
She's around, so you can choose your opportunity. Your opportunity. So you can set the scene for me. Where is she, and is she around other pe people? You describe the scene to me and start it. Um, I guess I would wait until she is maybe. Does she ever do training in the yard yes. kind of thing? And if she's with us, other people, I'll wait until that kind of situation to approach. Okay. If that makes sense. Good. Very, very good. Yes, she. She's not against being around other folks by any by any means, but she is a bit of a loner by her very nature, not to mention what she is is a bit different and people give her some side eyes. So she does practice and whatnot. Um, oftentimes she'll practice outside in like the woods and, and the such rather than here where a lot of the inside um, stuff is happening. So it would be very easy for you to catch her when she's out there doing her swashbuckling and showing a tree what's for. Perfect. And that's where I would approach her. Okay. She looks at she, she she looks over at you, boss. Curious where you pick up skills like that. We worked on a ship for a little while. And they taught all their ship hands how to fight like that. Figure better to, to better to know how to use a sword and not hope you don't need to use it. Oh yeah, warrior in a garden, gardener in a war, yeah. Uh, I've read it too. Unfamiliar. Yeah. Must be human thing. Or dwarven thing. Well, maybe. Which, what is your thing exactly? Is that the right way to ask that? Why are you blue? Any <laughs> cringes. <laughs> You're just asking why they're blue or <laughs> She'll white the say saber on her jacket her very much like almost like pirate captain's jacket without a lot of the the extra stuff and floof to it she'll just wipe her her blade on that before sheathing it i am a triton which means i come from the mystical land of water i've been there yeah, yeah. water yeah we met tritons right that's those were the Good people when we were on the Sahagwan place? No. It was just Sahagwans. There were no good people except no that, one, that one guy, yeah. We've okay. never seen a Triton before. Okay. I mean, no, maybe no. you have yeah, walking you have streets and the <laughs> such, you know what I mean? They're like very, very un uncommon, but it's mm -hmm. possible that you've seen one and be like, what the fuck's that guy's problem? That guy was, was okay. blue. And it was just goes, like, I know, it's so weird. You know, that's that, <laughs> that sort of thing. Like, well, but you would never, you probably would not know the word Triton per se. Gotcha. All right. Well, I guess I won't jerk you around in much like your fighting style. I'll get to the point. <laughs> we have a uh, seafaring venture coming up here. And I would appreciate all the extra hands we could get. You see that her, um, when you say seafaring adventure, she, she sort of gives you a look. Okay. What's the rub? That's a thing that you people say, right? I've heard it that way, yeah. Okay. We're going to the water plane to retrieve an item for a friend. Hmm. You can see that she does have a bit of an eye twitch and swallows. And then you, fig you figure, 
blue chick must be able to swim real good, even before you, you knew I was from the water. Or are you asking everybody for this? I'm asking those I think would do well. Those who have the skill to maybe come back. She looks up at the sky, her almost seaweed-like hair almost perpetually moving that way. Um, like let looks a seaweed wood, wood, wood underwater. She... I feel like it's a bad idea to tell you no, but I really want to. So I'll let you take that how you, how you want. I'm all for getting shit for, for friends, but uh, she'll hold up her fingerless um, um, gloved hands there, I guess was this one, and she'll take off the glove, and you see the scarring in between all of them. And she'll open her hair, and you see that the way that her ears have been been clipped, and such. Not much for swimming these days. Well, you're free to do as you like. I'm nobody's keeper, but you can't always be afraid to go home. So, if you're willing, there'll be a spot for you. But ain't nobody gonna drag you along. And as I turn away, I will say, be hard enough to keep you alive while we're there when you want to be there. And I will leave it at that. Okay. As I walk away from her. Make for me a general persuasion check. As she stews on this the next couple of days, I'm assuming it's not going to be bad. Are you going to Ooh, return to her to ask her, or are you just going to let her come to you? Um, since this is all timey-wimey, <laughs> I would let her come to me. Uh, okay. 17. 17. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's Annie's like baseline. I know. That's mm-hmm. a one for her. That's that's pretty. I feel pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I have to roll a seventeen. <laughs> I'd have to roll a zero to get that. Wow. So <laughs> that request is, and the way that you handled it, meaning if you had said, "I'll go check on," I'll go ask her again every day. I don't know. I'm trying to wear her down would not have been the way to handle this. In this particular case, for some people, sure. Um, DC was 15. Because you asked her once, you made it short, brief, you said exactly what you said, and you walked away. She will eventually come to you. Yeah, sure. I'm sorry, what's that? Hmm? What? Is this a quick in and out thing to the water? Are we staying for a long time? Well, much like you, another member of our crew is not a huge fan of water, so I'm pretty sure we're going to get in and out as quick as we can. Excuse me. All right. All right. Okay. Do you know where we're going? Not a clue. The old man does, though. That's a pretty good idea. We're going to get there, and then we're going to whoosh to where we're actually supposed to be. Uh, Al, in town. Magic man. I'll go ask him. I might have to take back my answer, depending on what he says. Seems fair. She turns, leaves, comes back later on, and will recommit to you that she will go. Whatever um, 
I'll still be eating. Good. <laughs> Just a slow burn. Just a slow burn. A wheel of cheese that is actually a um, pie chart for how much cheese is left. It's <laughs> a beautiful thing. He's got afternoon plans, but it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Had a big day. Fondue. <laughs> um, so, yes, you can include her as in your repertoire. Perfect. Is there anybody else you would like to have a similar conversation with? Um. Yeah, I think. Ooh, I think Cassius is someone else who I'd talk to eventually. Okay. Cassius and his sister are indeed both around. Um, go ahead and set the set the scene for me here as well. Um, they will be tending to the horses, seeing as how they've seemed to get the most use out of them. Mm-hmm. And. I will approach them at said stables. Okay. Uh, do you want to catch him when he's not around his sister? Oh, she can be there. I'm going to tell her to leave right away. So I can... Yes. They're chatting with some other folks, um, other other lower members of the Grave Walkers, and Cassius is being very matter-of-fact about if you walk behind a horse and it kicks you in the head, you may be smarter than you are right now, but that's not not a risk any of us want to, to take, right? And this like forty year old woman <laughs> he's speaking with <laughs> is like, I I I I got it. You don't have to talk to me like I'm a kid. Oh, I'm not talking to you like you're a kid. I'm talking to you like you're a fucking idiot. Okay. <laughs> I see you do that one one more time. One more time. I get it. I get it. I get it. What walks away? Sindris is, is like, you could just let her get kicked. He's like, good. I'll whistle as I get closer. Sindris, get Inigo's got something to talk to you about. I gotta talk to your brother. Oh, good. She will depart. You know, you really gotta be nicer to people, you jackass. Oh, and I'm gonna wait till she's out of earshot before I go. Alright. Got a job for you. Alright. You might not come back from it. Most jobs are like that. Might have a big payday, might have nothing. Ooh, I don't like like that, but well, sure. Going to the plane of water. The plane of water? Mm-hmm. Water plane. Okay. Shut up, I said right. I'm not much of a book learned guy. You'll have to fill me in on, on what that whole thing is, but okay. Place, a lot of water. Ocean, got it. Got it. Okay. So you're down? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's somehow less information than the bulletin I, that we pick up on the streets that says, help wanted. It'll be you, me, Marissa, Annie and Norwin so far, maybe a couple others, venturing in to retrieve an item for Alabastus in town. Hmm. Something he needs for his grand plans. Hey, if you need me to me to go, I'm your sword. Is this a dangerous place, this water plane? I did start this conversation saying you might not come back, right? Didn't know if you were joking. Nah. Well, I don't know how sloppy you've gotten lately, but... Pretty, pretty sloppy. Nah, I can see it. Yeah. Getting a little pudgy. He grabbed whatever's sticking out of his armor. Yeah. <laughs> 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 also, consider this more of a... Uh, trial to 
Mm. For what? Sindris will fill you in later. Ish, are you accepting an invite to her as well? Not to the plane, no. She'll take care of the other business for when you get back. So you're serious about this maybe not coming back thing, though? I thought I made that clear. Anytime you step out these doors, you might not come back. Hell, I might have a bad day and you might be in these doors and might not come back. <laughs> well, let's see. I did fight once and it went great for me. One of my top, top performances. You were a good warm-up. <laughs> Considering I lost to the champion, I, the one who ended up winning the whole thing, can't be too cross about that. And since you're going and the, the kid, what do I have to be concerned about? I'm in. Whatever you say. When is it? That's a good question. A couple of days. I don't know. Five, six... Three. I'll just I'll, I'll just hang, hang it here dry until till we go. I'd suggest that, yeah. All right. Maybe work on your doggy paddle. That's a good point. This might be a thing. I'll source some leather armor. That that way I'll I'll drown slower. There you go. I'm a, is there a library in this in this city? Yes. City this big? I've been in much smaller cities with books. This one's got to have books. Alright, let's see if I can find something about the water plane. That'd be smart. Is it like P-L-A-N-E or P-L-A-I-N? Cassius, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't spell my name. It's just like a little bowl that has some water in it. Water plane. Yeah. I'm good at two plane things. water, that's what I'm reading about. <laughs> good at two things. Two things, this and this, and you're taking this off me, so I'm going to go become a learned sort. Well, they say the only people who wear armor are those who need it, so. What a fucking prick. He says <laughs> he'll, he'll hop up on his horse, and, but he gives you a, a smirk as he goes, yeah! Very good. Um, any other, since it sounds like you're all done with your small things, you're all done with your small things. I think things. so. At least in time, huh? I think yeah. so. Okay, yes, yes. Um, mm -hmm. Are there any other small things? Any other chats you want to have? I think that's all I got for now. Okay. Annie, back to you in the city. Um, let's have a slight change of pace here. Teleport, take eight, right? Uh, shifting. And teleport. Yeah, I, do both. I think so, yeah. Pretty the teleport sure. will be down one because Real Al will stay behind. Mm -hmm. Or no, teleport will be max because Real Al's got to teleport us there. Mm -hmm. But we're not actually plane shifting. We, oh, you're right, we're not. We're going through a game. But we will have to do it on the way back. Yeah, so. Okay. Probably, unless we're on our way back. We might just go through the door and just crawl right back out. Nope. Go to our Krakens. Plural. Yeah, eight on both. What's that? Eight on both. Eight on both? Okay. 
Unless it's using teleportation circle. Which okay. Is okay. So I got one more spot. Is there anything else you would like to do, Annie, outside of uh, some things I know that you want to need to do? I don't think so, because I think I dropped off the coin and note for Fuck Blue last time. Yep, that's all taken care of. Yeah, everything else I'd be doing would be working Kay. when they let me. Yes. Let's do that, actually, first. We'll switch it over here. Um, oh, it's a little bit dark. <laughs> we'll place you in the palace, in Castle Sessant itself, having dinner um, as you stepped in. You've spent a day working, um, that work mainly being just hanging out with um, Elspeth, um, not so much sparring you, you get, and, and, and Eklund is there at all times, as well as the other uh, various guards and the such. Um, Eklund will, at some point during, the, during this time, have found the opportunity to um, chat with, with, with you. While she is in the throne room being talked to, um, you and him have a brief conversation um, where your immediate attention is a bit less required. He will uh, apologize again to you for the behavior and how it must look, and more importantly, how it must feel to you. But he will also make it clear to you that everybody close to the queen right now is handpicked. Not only because of their ability, but also their resolute dedication to the crown and the realm over their own scruples. Trust only goes so far. He himself routinely spot checks individuals even within her, her own retinue with detect thoughts checks for invisible sensors during certain uh, conversations, even though they should not be possible with, with, within here, and detects magic uh, where there shouldn't be any, just in case. He'll make a, a dive at, at himself that he feels paranoia, craw crawling it, he's seeing things in all corners. Every step closer it gets to the end of this truce, it feels like danger is more imminent rather than less, even though truly nothing uncouth has happened in the uh, concerning royalty and, and whatnot um, for so long at this point. But he does say it's only a matter of time before another attack happens against Elspeth. She has no children by birth or marriage, so if she died, the line would end unless Daniel takes up the mantle which would be something that the enemy might prefer, keeping him off the battlefield itself. It's a tightrope walk. Is there any conversation that you would like to have with, with him beyond that? Anything you would like to say, communicate, discuss? I would just agree that it 
creeping towards the end of the truce feels like a collar that's ever tightening. And then I would ask him if he's picked up on anyone that I need to take care of. He's not. Um, and that's almost Maurice. Which is, he acknowledges to you as silly. So what, it'd be better if you did detect someone's thoughts there? Like, I should kill Elspeth tomorrow. You know, that would be better almost because then you know, oh, I, th- thank goodness it's there, I can deal with it. Um, as much as you guys may blame yourselves in some part, you, you have some guilt over what happened, the son's blessing, Quanti did to Ori and everything else that happened. He has had much longer time with these people, and that was really his job, partially. You can commiserate amongst such things. So instead, then, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to discuss with um, Eklund more if you chose to. No. She would keep it service level. She's still embarrassed. It's fine. Okay. I'm fine. <laughs> that was the thing. I wanted the opportunity to discuss it if you wanted to. But, instead, on the first of Sephiroth's, the day of Ascension, the day that Tiramiron ascended to become voice of the Silver Flame, a holiday not of the Sovereign Host, but still one that is accepted here in the court city. There's obviously temples to the Silver Flame, um, apple lights, and whatnot. There's something Annie's been thinking about for a while. On one hand, it'd be good to check out and make sure what better time for uncouth things to happen in the lower districts rather than another fucking holiday. They should just cancel all holidays. All holidays. No time off. All holidays gone. No fun. No fun. No, no fun. fun. The gods are dead. Mm-hmm. There you go. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> but in addition to venturing down there, just to make sure <coughs> things look good though you're just one person, you are one person with considerable power. Your spell craft um, back to you at this, this point after having fully rested. And you've been you've been thinking you you've had some interest in an apprentice. Maybe Hildy maybe your conversations with Foskin and Hildy have led you down a certain path. Maybe it's the fact that you feel you want to Show show up on um, Elkaris that you can go down to the to the, the the slums and what not, or maybe it's just just the, just the fact that it reminds you of yourself and where you came from. Because you find your way down in the lower plateaus, um, you're Tavex walking around. You can clearly hear all the horses, the bells. The sun is on its descent. It is a cloudy day here, not the beautiful sun-filled day of fall that we wish for Ascension would, would be, but the Silver Flame as a religion itself is something that is sometimes obfuscated, so it's maybe more fitting. What does happen is there is no garish light. It's diffused by the clouds. It seems later than it actually is. And as you are walking around the streets down there, you see a number of beggars, you see a number of people working, various inns, shops, 
blacksmiths, and residential areas that were just filled with people living. Everything down here is far more cluttered and clustered, except for the major thoroughfares that ring the city through all of the, the, the plateaus. The widest streets are here. But the moment you get off the wide streets, it is, things become quite, cl quite cluttered quite quickly. You see the massive, massive chains, each link taller than you are, that stretch up diagonally toward the massive central plateau. Uh, gosh, the weird thing about being, you're not used to it, being this low in this city. Looking up, you can hardly see the sky. It's all just more towers, more buildings, more windows, so high up, you can't even pick up where your apartment would be, your condo would be, or where Ocarus and Basilis and Deden is. But you do see those chains slowly ratcheting down, and a massive blimp, a, a, a ship, with three different balloons on the end of the lobes. Now, the Ben in a similar one, you, you understand a bit, a bit more how, how they work, that's ratcheting down people that have gone to work in the, in the middle, maybe even upper, but this one does not go to the upper, this one goes to the middle, coming down to drop off hundreds of people in one trip. Not really flying, not really being pulled, a very much a combination of the two. The sound is deafening, as you can imagine, these chains. <laughs> but it's easy enough to ignore in time. You see a, again, there's one thing that is unique right now, is there's plenty of folk who are in, uh, again, this is a religious, um, did a religious holiday, but there are people celebrating in their in their own way, and you see a fair number as you've walked around now for a couple, couple hours. They're not quite seeing a person that you like, sort sort of thing. Um, you fortunately don't see any imminent danger. No fires, no Molotov cocktails flashing through windows. And if you did, you just snap their necks. Uh, so you don't see them. You're like, damn. Um, but you do see a number of Silver Flame um, members, um, acolytes or keepers of the flame, um, priests, clerics, whatever you want to call them, that are working. Donations in some spots, in others, uh, uh, like they're accepting donations, and in other spots they're handing out things. Um, just really trying to be a vision of good for this religious day. You see a boy with brownish hair, with brownish hair um, steadfast eyes, but you hear him before you see him. You don't necessarily anticipate what you see as you turn a corner and you see um, a, a small crowd of maybe a half dozen. Using the word crowd is Six or six or seven people that are not moving as part of the crowd but have stopped to look at, at something. You see this this boy who is old. Who would you say he is? Fifteen. Fifteen. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Thirteen. Twelve. Getting younger. <laughs> <laughs> stop! Sorry. Starting small. Not even born yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
He is in a white uh, cloak. A no, 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 that's not true. He is in a white uh, vestments, simple holy vestments. But your your eye catches mm, no, that's a bed sheet with a hole in the center for for his head to poke through, and a rope, a simple rope for a belt. Um, but he does. He's clearly an acolyte of the silver foot flame. And as I said, you heard before you even saw, because he's emphatically singing a hymn. And what called you to this direction was it's reminiscent of your distant childhood, but not one that you've ever learned yourself. It is a hymn of the silver flame. Every name of the legend does not have songs. So you're familiar with it in, in part. The voices very clear. That's why you were a bit surprised to, to, to see a two-year-old boy, I'm kidding, a, a 15-year-old boy there. You can't see much of what he is wearing, but he has simple slacks of hardy things, holes all throughout them, boots on his feet, but as he steps around and singing, uh, one of the um, soles flaps. And an odd clothing choice for him is that it his arm comes out one side but you don't see an arm on the other and then as he turns as he's singing you see it is because it he does not have an arm after the elbow <clears throat> the thunder of this massive dirigible landing and the hundreds of boots beating upon wood and metal as stairs are wheeled into place. The hymn concludes to a smattering of applause uh, before it he turns to a, a plaintive cry, a, um, a very, very earnest um, Request for donations. But he's placed a small basket, actually a cup, really, a mug like like this, but a very thin tin, rusted through, couldn't hold, couldn't hold water, can hold copper though, sitting there. In other words, a fancy begging, as he says, with such a clear voice for a smudge-faced, one-armed youth with a, with a singing voice his plaintive cry here for help is, is help in the endless war against evil all over ruin from neighbor to devil to dark six to Belshalor himself or shadow whatever you call him over here and he he smiles and people are like oh okay of the six or seven folk two of them come over drop a copper in. He thanks them profusely for that. He does a handstand and falls to, to his feet and then, then does a back handspring. Um, very impressive bit of gymnast for a one-armed kid. Um, he essentially takes from a singing to a pleading to straight up a busker that's um, trying to get some coinage to be thrown in his tin. As people are streaming 
from the large crowd that had just docked down the stairs and going home to their homes down here. He continues this, and you're watching, curious, not only him, but also just everyone. Um, he gets quite emotional at times. At one point, he grabs onto a large aproned fellow, a full adult. This fellow with this um, heavy apron um, has a silver flame orb on him. Um, a, small, a small jar with like water inside and a small silvery um, flame emblem on it. And uh, this boy takes him with his one hand and just looks crazed almost in this moment in time as the crowd has shifted mostly, say for you, who's keeping a gen general eye, his demeanor shifted quite dramatically at this, this point. And he grabs this man by the apron and says, do you not understand? Do you not see that the efforts to fully vanquish Belshalor take bravery, time, courage, and gold? What could be worth a copper more than all of our lives? The apron fellow <laughs> backhands him across the face, his dirty knuckles striking his cheek, and the boy topples. Others walking by gasp in shock. The guy says, fuck off! And just makes his way, continues on his path. Some good Samaritans quickly help the boy up as he begins to convulse terribly, his three limbs kicking and flailing. Your passive perception is high enough with Icky on your shoulder to see his flailing, his flailing arm definitely snakes into the inner vest pocket of the finest dressed of, of the, three, the, the three folk that tried to pick him up to his feet and into his little pouch. They set him to his feet. His lip is bloody, his cheek reddened from the slap, but more damages his, his ego. Tears well fully in both eyes. A few more passers-by take pity on this young acolyte seeing what happened. One even sang, Poor lad probably has a quota of fucking flamers. And, uh, which is a derogatory term, not for gay people, but for, <laughs> but for silver flame mm -hmm. followers. And a good five or six will toss a copper or two into his tin cup. Um, several others even follow suit, and the sniffly youth bows deeply, thanks them profusely, his voice warbling, tears streaming down his face and even more toss a, a couple more coins in out of guilt or perhaps deep down everybody seeks a sincere thanks from a stranger for doing one selfless thing after the crowd the small crowd that have gathered there departs he does as well tears still on his cheeks but his eyes are clear as he lifts his, his head he licks his bloody lip as he looks into the pot and smiles. He <clears throat> takes off the sheet, tucks it under his one stub right here, snatches the pot with his, his open hand and strides away quickly. You probably can't help but be a bit curious where this acolyte wearing a bedsheet youth with a voice, some acrobatics, Where's this all leading to? You saw the way he 
did that. Hmm. As you follow, you sometimes have to actually rely on Icarus, who you send up, watching over. You rely on him following from above. You follow the path, when he turns, you turn. Um, your eyes, as good as you are, are having a hard time picking up this boy amongst all of the crowd. You do watch through through Icky's eyes at one point, as as you lean against an, an alley wall, and you watch him on another street street over smoothly deposit probably a good third of his coin into the bucket of a of a silver flame priest as the middle-aged dwarven fellow is delivering a similar sermon and hymn to a small gaggle of onlookers. The silver flame priest never sees this boy make his deposit, and the boy just smooth as a cucumber, just and continues on. Shortly after that, he ducks into another alleyway. You again have um, Icarus alight on the top of, of, of the roof, look down and, and here. And another few coins go to the big, big apron fellow that had backhanded him minutes prior. Oh, why you keep insisting on this way, kid? Gotta be an easier way. I can take, take it. As my father says, no pain, no gain. The bigger man smiles and shakes his head, accepting the few coins and walking away. Same time next week, he says, yeah, I'll find you the day before to give give you the rub. That's where Mar- Mar- Marissa he was like, heard it. <laughs> the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy just shakes his head and says, whatever you say, you glutton, <laughs> as he pockets the three copper. The boy now having significantly less coinage um, walks good many districts, districts at that point. You can choose to intercept him if you want to, or you can watch and see where he's going. I would probably intercept. Okay. Does he have, like, a coin pouch or anything hanging off of him? He probably would have a pouch that had been more like a fanny pack that was obscured by the um, um, sheet that he would have deposited that, and the, the, the mug is just kind of swinging in, in his hand sort of thing. You would notice... Um, a, as a woman who who wears um, clothing, but, but also needs to needs to sometimes carry daggers. You do note that there is a dagger in in his back, like underneath his shirt and in his pants, sort of thing. Just that slight bulge that telltale to you. Don't be gross. He's fifteen. Or <laughs> twice it's life. Slight, I would try to head him off. Okay. And pretend to bump into him and take what seems to be valuable but easy. I should should also specify. I'm assuming that you have been disguised. Oh, this absolutely. Whole time. Uh-huh. I would never go down to the lower. D- d- describe how you look right now, then. Like a plain woman, forty, human, wrinkled, disheveled. A lot like this. <laughs> you familiar with Mad TV? TV? Yes. Mrs. Swan? She look like a man. That's what I imagine you were yep. like, uh, Annie, look like a woman. <laughs> you got it. Average. Just average. so average. Mm-hmm. You're describing 
Lorraine for my actual favorite skits. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's nice. I do like those. Those are the best. Um, Okay, so you look like human adult woman. Yep. You you can follow Icky's path as he just slowly, lazily rides a few thermals, and you can head him off at the pass, scooting your butt a bit quick, quicker, maybe even a clever use of a misty step if you really want to get the jump on him. And you can cut him off at an intersection. You're trying to bump into, into him. Yep, in a way that seems natural. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to snatch his entire coin. Pouch? Anything that looks easy that I think he would want, but the easiest thing to lift off him. Easiest thing to lift off because the pouch is on a belt. It's mm-hmm. looped through and it is tied. He's very deft with with his one hand. He watched him him not like tie and cinch it quite quite tight. Um, after he delivered those coin, it looks like he's not planning on opening it up in the near future here. Um, but I would say the dagger is probably the most easy thing. Other than that, you'd probably have to truly worm your way into his his pouch, which is possible, but more difficult, I would say. Then I would do the dagger. Okay. You, um, I'm going to have him roll a perception check. Do you have his stats? So it's, it's, it's okay if you don't. It's, we, his numbers are not that high. He just turned the crust. <laughs> Sounds like a thief. Man, 20! Oh. <laughs> You said perception? Mm-hmm. That'd be plus three. Plus three. Whew. 22. You can roll a, a stealth check. Just just because you want to be you want to be not seen until you bump into him. That's sort of the whole point of this sort of thing. Otherwise yes. he'll just avoid you. And he is quite perceptive. So stealth I'll only be 18. Okay. As you come to bump into him. His eyes just dart over, see you coming out of the alley. He'll stop and just say, whoa, whoa, you okay there? As you sort of stumble as if you were going to fall into into him, but he stops and takes a step back. And he goes, whoa, are are you okay? And he'll actually grab you and, like, to steady you. Fucking roads? Think they'll ever fix them? Down here? Not likely. Sorry, lad. I will Moved like I'm walking past him. Mm-hmm. He'll just, you see it through um, Icarus's eyes, you'll just take a few few steps and and you'll see that he is standing there watching you till you're about 10 steps away and then he'll continue on his path. Very perceptive young man with a 19 rolled there. But he does have <laughs> coin in his pocket and that's and that's that makes him very aware yeah of things i would change my disguise after that okay you turn a corner corner and before the camera can even pan over to you you already look like a completely different person mm-hmm. mrs swan yes miss <laughs> swan yes um okay what then would you refollow him or you have another interception i would keep re- i would refollow him okay you do see as he crosses through several districts here into um, um, Lower Dura from Lower Tavix, um, completely different plateau at this point. He never stops, 
but he does look less worried about being spotted himself. You do notice he does keep his hand on his little panty pack tied thing as well. Quite frankly, he only stops at what appears to be his destination of an orphanage. You see a naked halfling with one blind eye, one cataract white cloudy eye, and you can already tell by the sound, the din from within, and the children moving by the windows, just the tops of their heads, laughing and whatnot. Uh, probably too many mouths to feed, sort of thing. As the boy and the halfling greet each other, and the boy will then undo his thing, and he hands over uh, a few coins. It's not a tremendous amount. It's not all of his boils, but you're not sure how much he has left after all of that, that nonsense. Halfling smiles and thanks him, gestures in, in, inside. The boy nods and walks in. You sort of uh, meander your way near, and this might might be a time for an invisible imp to be to be spying if you would choose to do so, or you can do anything else you, you wish. I would just keep watching from the distance. I don't want him to pick up on me again. Mm-hmm. Well, he goes inside, and um, your invisible strip time um, is peering in through windows. And what you see through his through his his eyes, your disguised self, very easy to look like uh, something that would just be sitting on the ground in this sort of quite slummy area. Um, what you see is the boy in, in a room helping tie one young girl's hair. You watch him stir a thin soup of potato and water. If that, if that can even, you think at first they're just boiling potatoes. Nope, they're ladling the whole the whole thing up into cracked wooden bowls. Uh, sets them on a long table with a dozen children, all between five and ten. Uh, while they begin to feast, he heads upwards, strict time. A finding window, he strides into and watching. And you see uh, he heads upstairs to a nursery of sorts for the youngsters that all appear to be under four, and all of which appear to be overjoyed to see him. Tibble, Tibble, they cry, running to him with books. Um, the word book is generous here, for most of these are merely a few pages folded together, the glued spines long deteriorated, but the boy who apparently his name Tybalt, he says, Now nah, you know I can't read. Children all laugh at the clear joke, and he smiles. How about tonight I instead tell you all the story of Terra Miron and her sacrifice to seal the terrible monster Belshalor. It is the night of ascension, after all. The kids all nod and rush to their beds, many with two children sharing a single, um, and a single blanket and a single pillow, despite the chill. He launches into a whole tale, not unlike one that, that, that you recently saw at a, at a certain ballet performance. And the kids are raptured. And you find yourself, even through invisible strychnine's, strychnine's eyes and ears, you actually switch from seeing to, to, to hearing as he puts his invisible ear against the thing. Um, it's a simple tale, but he tells it with such conviction, with such meaning and the sounds he makes 
and it is truly um, you, you almost get lost in it yourself before somebody kicks you and you come back to your senses and some, someone's like Ugh, alive and just walks off um, so he might be tough talking is there anything you want to do while he's in story time with these, these kids no honestly I wouldn't bother him unless he's on the street okay Okay. About an hour goes by, um, and finally he will depart. He will, he will um, help the the halfling fellow with a few folding and laundry, and chop chopping stuff for the next day. Which um, the old man will hold like big old stalks of celery and leeks, and he'll chop chop them. And he's like, I don't know, you got them skills with the dagger, boy. I have friends. All that stuff. Eventually, he will he will leave the orphanage. Um, you, via Strychnine, never saw him go to a room that seemed before him, as he will then continue on his path, his hands still care- carefully on the um, purse. And though the tin cup was locked on that, the, the, the orphanage. So you would see him again on these streets with another destination, apparently, in mind. It is getting reasonably dark at this point as well. Would you wish to intercept him again at some point? Yeah. I would, I would not approach him head on, though. Not like a, hey, I'm going to talk to you. It would be more of a stealth thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you described to me the scene, though. He's going to walk for another 15 minutes or so. I'll just try to lift something off of him again. Okay. Uh, make another stealth check. 27. 27, yeah. He seems much less, um, I don't want to say aware, but much less concerned now as he's walking through. Um, maybe because he deposited enough coin. <laughs> he's, if I lose this, not the worst thing to happen. Um, and you would easily be able to stealth up to him again. You're gonna, gonna try the old bump and grab, bump and grab or you're just gonna try and walk be behind him and lift the dagger? Bump and grab. That way I can like bump and be like, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Roll a sleight of hand check. Ooh. Ooh. 32. Well, I rolled an 18. Which is very high for him. That's a 21 um, mm-hmm. per- perception. As he didn't see you come coming, you bump, bump into to him, and he like almost falls, but very quickly steadies himself, and then steadies you as as well. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And you just lift that, and you have it. So I'm assuming you're going to skip the daddle, or are you going to yep, stay? I'm going to walk away from him and be like, oh, sorry. Start walking away. Mumbled apology. JJJ's from you. No problem, he says, looking back. Clutches his pouch. What is with people, people tonight? He says. I'm going to get like 10 or 12 steps away, then I'll hold it up and whistle and be like, You need this? I guess you got it from me, so it's yours, right? You can have it back. I would like that. I'll come over to to you. I'll give it to him. You're decent. Looks at it. Make sure it's actually his. 
Huh? That lifting from people? The convulsions? Okay. I'm just saying, you're decent. Are you a copper? You? Platinum. <laughs> Do I look like a copper? No. Can't take a compliment? I don't often get complimented by people that see me lift things off people because that usually means I need to start running fast. So do I need to start running fast? Would I have given you your dagger back if you did? For being good at your job, you're not very rational. Paranoia's good. Too much is crippling. You need to find a balance. Alright. So I'm not in, not in trouble here. You're no. just complimenting me on the fact that I... Did a good job. Okay. Thanks. If they didn't notice the coin was gone, they obviously didn't need it. Help you all the thing. <laughs> you live at that orphanage? No. No? Just help. I mean, I sometimes I stay there, but... No mom or dad? No, I, I have a mom or dad. You probably braid that girl's hair better if you have two arms. Yeah, well, uh, you know, you work the machines um, and the forges and, you know, need small hands and... All that stuff, but, uh, you know. Sorry, I, I don't mean to be rude, but this is a really weird con conversation. So, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. I could do most things better with two, two arms. Sorry, I'm not used to, you know, speaking good conversation. <laughs> yeah, okay. You're, I think you're not like, like a barter or something. That would be crazy. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I am looking for someone to help me out. Sure. Does it pay? Whatever it is. It'll pay enough to feed your family. Okay. Doesn't involve putting my one good arm into a bunch of machinery? No. It involves getting you a second arm. If you would like it. And you'd have a room of your own and food. And a job. Multiple jobs, kind of. I mean, helping me out wherever I need and the person living with me. I mean, I can... There's probably better people than me to help you with that sort of stuff. But they're not good at lifting. Oh, you need, need a, a thief? No, I need a bard. Oh, those are just stories and I tell and hymns that I learned because people tend to throw you coin more. Well, I would prefer to get my coin without lifting it, as, as you say. But, uh, you know, pe people tend to throw in so much and then I pinch the rest. Nat naturally. Naturally. But I prefer to earn coin. Uh, and people, like, love religious stuff. I don't know what the... Are you a follower is. of the Silver Flame? No, 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 no. 
But it's, I mean, what better day to use that than to, to today? Very true. Right? Plus, I, uh, I, I I always give half, or maybe not quite half, but a good, good, good amount of what I do lift to actual followers of the Silk Flames, I feel. Like it's the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. So, your jobs would be... Apprentices has more more scruples than Amy does. That's what she's going to beat out of him. <laughs> so, the job, if you want it, I have a puppy, <laughs> and I leave my home a lot, and I need someone to take care of my dog, watch my estate, my home, and run errands for my friend who lives with me whenever they need. In return, I will pay to feed your family, you'll get room, you'll get bored, and can teach you more. Coppers are great, but how do you feel about and I will flip up a platinum? Bees. Is that just like a real shiny silver? No. Yeah? He twirls it across his knuckles. Keep it. Okay. Yeah, I'll watch your dog. <laughs> do your errands. I don't know if that's to do with being a barb, but... Oh, I'm a bard. Oh, you are. I am. I feel real silly about the thing I said. <laughs> You'll say dumber things. We all do. <laughs> okay. I'm not one who's going to hold it against you. It was funny. Alright, uh, when does the job start? When do you feel like having a room of your own with a fire and food? Uh, I don't think mom or dad will really notice, so whatever. <laughs> well, home's open tonight. There's already a bed. Tomorrow I can take you get an arm and... You'll need new clothing. Okay. <laughs> he looks you up and down in your disguise like a street rat yourself. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we can start heading up, and then I'll explain more. I just prefer not to be known down here. Yeah, uh, let me drop off this to my folks okay um and i reckon they brought me into this world they deserve something and then i'll uh you want to just come come with i guess yeah. i'll just walk you make sure you're safe okay yeah sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you walk in that there 10 minutes or so to a quite small house that looks like it's been converted to house for families rather than, than just one um, ask you to stay outside um, he goes in there's a bit of murmuring conversation um, his mom uh, yells at him and his dad asks uh, where's 
Ben, and he, you hear some clinking of coins on the table. So then you hear the father say, "Who the fuck did did you get this? Is that a fucking platinum?" Says, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go, uh, and Dad just talks right over him. Uh, and you get the bare gist from this relatively brief conversation, the bits that you can pick up. Um, the mom is drunk, and the father, um, you actually see him through a window curtain briefly, a single candle being the only illumination in there, and is wearing um, thick, heavy clothing of like a miner or sort. You're not sure exactly where a mine would be in the immediate vicinity here. Um, it looks like very much, very much has a work clothes he has yet to take, to take off for the day. Um, but de definitely a guy who works with metal or maybe underground, um, dirty and whatnot. Some disparaging words about um, like his one arm and sort of thing, like how he got you that you know job. Are you holding out more on me coin? And Tibble is very clear and truthful, as you assume, that he does not. And uh, there's a bit of conversation that's loud going on. And then Tibble just says, well, anyway, I'm going to be, be gone for the night, maybe the next night, night two, and it's a good get out of here sort of retort. Uh, he comes out, smiles, face, um, pouch no longer tied, um, a small cloak just hooked over his finger over his shoulder. Um, he smiles at you and says, all right. You have any other personal effects? Uh, not. Books? Journals? No. Yeah. Instruments? No. No. That's my instruments, my mouth. We're not doing that kind of work. Let's go. Yeah, you're a bit, bit you're a bit old for me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look like Annie. I know, but I did change to like a 19-year-old half-elf girl. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Kids can't see the silver flame early. <laughs> okay, well. Oh my god. I'm on the Tavix side, right? Upper Tavix? You are just on the first bit under. under. Oh, you're saying your condo, condo is yeah. the very top of Tavix in okay. the Sunrise District. Well, to Upper Tavix we go. Ready? Upper Tavix? Mm hmm. Okay, yeah. How do we get there? We'll I've never been. We'll, we'll fly? Yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he does not. He doesn't. He's like, coin is coin, but I don't believe much of what you're, you're, you're saying. Well. Oh, you had the, the, the carpet on your back this whole time? No, I think actually, because it would be after I checked in, right? With Elkaris? Yes. Mm-hmm. So then I'd fly the other way. Okay. Big eyes. Shock. And awe. You could could always just cast a flash spell if you, if you don't want that. Uh, it's late at night. I'm tired. Okay. As you whistle, uh, 
we will just say, you, you and I know, you both go up there, there to your condo. He is literally looks at you in a completely different light. One, after the means of traversal. Two, seeing your condo, which is bigger than the entire house that four families were staying in. And uh, it's a very nice, nice area. And he, as he steps down, he says, why is it so cold up here? Not enough shit to keep you warm. He can't keep looking at the sky. And he says, I don't think I've ever not seen buildings above me. We'll go higher soon. Are these all yours? No. And when we walk in, I will drop my disguise. Okay. As you walk in, um, you just... Um, Felicia's not, not, not there. She's probably performing the Platinum Chateau. As you drop your disguise, um, would you walk in be, be before him or, or after him? After. After him, okay. He looks around, he goes like... Your room is second door to the left. Second door to the left. And he does this and then does this right that way. <laughs> and he, he turns oh. to see, if, to see if, you, if you laugh at his little quip. And then he... And I will be locking the door. Hmm. Oh, I am in trouble, aren't I? <laughs> Why would you say that? And he drops you a knee. And says, I, I, am, I am so sorry. I know I shouldn't do the things. I, you know, I, I, I sh- especially, I will never dress like a religious person again. Unless I fully take up Tibble. their stuff. It's Tibble, right? Yeah, yeah. Get up. And Tibble I'll walk you through your new home. If he you'd like. does not get up, but he does look at you and says, You are the voice of the crown. Yes, is that a problem? The money will be the same. I'm still getting you an arm and a wardrobe. The job hasn't changed. Yeah. Okay. And he stands up. Okay. And he goes over to his room. This whole room? Yep, whole room. Wardrobe is empty. We'll fill it tomorrow. I should I'm get thinking... some more shit. <laughs> Maroon? What? What is that? Or yellow? I know, I know, I know what that is. <laughs> Colors. I'm trying to figure out what your palette is. Just because I didn't know that you were the voice of crown does not make me of maroon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll laugh at that and I'll say, bathroom's in the corner. Feel free you have to- a bathroom? <laughs> not that color. Feel free to take a bath tonight if you want. The water should still be hot. Because you didn't really explain it well. Like, which corner? <laughs> <laughs> okay. He will gladly 
take a bath, a hot bath, and I would have walked him through food. the house, been like, I expect you to keep the fire stoked. Whenever someone's home, you'll probably be the one who's at home, so I expect you to keep yourself warm. Here's where the dog sleeps. Here's what it eats. Oh, that's right. Back. <laughs> Is back being kennel trained or yes. just has free No, nope, crate trained. The right. crate is Typical. in the kitchen. <laughs> in yep. the kitchen. He's like, oh, he's like, oh my gosh. And he like pets it and it's licking his face. And the dog's like, what small comes out. <laughs> and he's like. That's Felicia's room. Do not go in there unless she t- gives you permission. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes more, more sense. So how many families do live here? Well, I live in that room, which you will never go in. Yeah, for sure. And then Felicia Goldhip lives in that room. Sure, okay. The name does not seem to trigger him. <laughs> that's it. Just the three of us. Well, four with the dog. Yeah. Wow. Boy, it's the crown. And a dog? <laughs> <laughs> Same level. <laughs> yes. And if you're patient, I will, and you don't run off with my belongings in the night, I will feed you in the morning and we will go get you an arm. Hey, you know what? I didn't believe a word you were saying before, but I, uh, when you say get me an arm, are you like being for real about that? Yeah, we're going to go to the Panaceum. They have, um, prosthetics, they call them. Magical prosthetics. We have those down lower as well. They're usually on the corner, cor- corners, winking a lot of good guys. Is that what you were doing? I can make my coin other ways. I noticed. <laughs> no, it's like a clip-on arm that you attune to, like you uh, sync up with it. Hey, you know what? I'll see it tomorrow. I'll, I'll see it tomorrow. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Sort of just bewildered by the whole very odd thing, like a three-dimensional character just lifted a two-dimensional being into a higher elevation he can hardly begin to even understand. You will need pajamas. I didn't bring them. <laughs> and I will go to my room and find a pair of Elkrises, but the plainest ones he left here, and I'll come out and be like, these will be too big for you. Some white boxers with hearts. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, kiss marks. Kiss marks. <laughs> oh, the lips. You know? Little kissy lips. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Bathe first. Okay. You know how to bathe, right? Yeah, I've done it like three, three times. It's, it's, it's fine. Right. I'm okay. kidding. It's a weekly affair. Uh, he'll he'll head and. So nice. and Bathe and whatnot. I will get food ready too, and mm-hmm. then the rest of the night I will just be walking him through. Like bathing will be an every other day thing at least. You smell, and what I expect him to do. But yeah, he is—he's a good fucking kid. And I will see if he actually mm-hmm. knows how to read. He definitely knows how to read. He's—he will even tell you he learned how to read at the orphanage and um you know he stayed there a good amount of time um parents didn't want him to come back after the whole whole arm thing happened um so the, the old man at the orphanage you know found that whole thing up and helped, helped him out so he's 
lived there, has not lived there, friends but he learned how to read from, from the, the, the old man, and that's why he always goes back and tells stories, and uh, the best thing this kid has going by for him, besides sort of a heart of gold, is his voice. He doesn't know how to play any instruments, but he does have a damn good voice. And as he's telling stories, it's just very easy to get sucked into to, to that. Perfect. Okay. Uh, we don't think you need to RP, per se, getting the arm entirely. But I do think uh, a fascinating mental, mental image here is you and, and him taking your means of traversal to the Pentecium, him looking at the world from above, just completely shocked and awed by by everything um, as you walk into this white sterile place of marble and gold and, and whatnot. I will say as we're flying if I see shops that the three of us frequent I will point them out and say if I ask for you to go get this this is where you go I'll draw you a map later but these are the things I expect you to pick up. How am I going to get there without this? We'll find a way. Okay. I have a carpet. Yeah, I saw, I saw a few. Oh, a you mean carpet. like you mean like that? <laughs> you flying this way? You see like a carpet going like that? Yeah. Oof. They're slow, but they work. All right. He smiles. Wow, my own carpet. Let's get you your own pants first. <laughs> okay. Pants first. Carpet. Okay. Pants, then arm, or arm, pants, arm, carpet? pants, sending stone, carpet. All right. <laughs> um, as you go to the Panacean, um you are a known figure there. You don't have the honor of seeing the Countess. Why would you have to? Um, prosthetics. I will ask if they can give me a hand for something. Uh, no, we can't help you. Get out. Right, <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. They will attach it to him. They'll teach him how to attune to things. It's very weird. He's never attuned to it, so he'll focus for like one hour on it. They even have like a private, almost like a meditation room thing mm-hmm. for this. Um, and you just sit there, maybe like strumming on some something just to calm. And then you're, you're almost surprised too, as time is just going. You're entertaining yourself. Um, all of a sudden, the arm, which is a greenish to it like there's a emerald studded all through all throughout though it is a metallic and wooden arm it then as it suffuses and you see the strap here seal onto his arm and he holds it up I can feel. I can feel? Magical items are magical. Eventually, we may be able to regrow your arm, but for now, this will work quite well. I think I prefer this. All right. Honestly. Well, if you lose any other limbs, it's not going to be a choice. We will regrow them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not superpowers. It's the exact same as a normal, normal arm. Um, doc, doctor who would have had time kept quite carefully. The physiker would knock. 
Well, into there, sure, comes on in, um, does some basic tests to make sure he can feel all the stuff, all the, the usual stuff, and Tibble's just like, this is insane, crazy, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and the doctor will ask if you're ready to make payment in full. Yep, of course. Okay, it's be 5,000 gold. Sounds good. Tibble literally shits on the floor. I'm, 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 I'm That's why Arm went first. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. and maybe not literally, but he does his jaw pretty much hits the floor. And he's like, no, 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 no. I don't need a second arm for that. 5,000 5, gold? I need help. You needed an arm. Fair trade. I don't think I'm ever going to be worth 5,000 gold to you. We'll see. The amount of lounging I am anticipating I can do once you run my errands is paramount. I don't think you understand. Like two of them? You know how to read. You should know the word paramount. Peak. Top. Awesome. Oh, okay. Important. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know how to read, but it's not in a kid's book. I don't know all the words. <laughs> well, we're going to get you on more difficult. I have a friend. His name is Poskin. He is a he has a friend named Hildy. I should introduce you to her. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of done doubting you. Yep. Uh, wow. So that will be your adventure there. Clothing. Sending stones. Shopping, the next sending week. stone. Two thousand yeah. gold, I believe, is yeah. for the sending stones. Done. Maybe three thousand. We actually check that. Sorry. No, you're good. Two sounds right. Two thousand. Perfection. I will explain to him that it can only do like twenty-five words, but we can communicate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once a day. All right. Anything else now that you found your apprentice fully? Have him at your beck and call, mostly a dog watcher. Let me just import it. I'm kidding. Those are my things for you as well. He also stokes the fires. <laughs> Runs mm-hmm. my errands. Yep. Gets me groceries. No, I would just probably bring him home and pull out a stack of books for him to start reading. Okay. Sounds good. Good. Shall we put a close to that? Yes. Yeah. All the books will be on manners. <laughs> and a dictionary. <laughs> I love dictionaries. Quite a fun read. <laughs> uh, cover to cover. Picture Rachel has of him. So if you ever meet this Gomer, you have it's a... Familiar for some Very cool. Well, mm-hmm. It's from a video game. Yeah, that's probably why. It looks, looks like a fire emblem. Character. Yeah, totally. Like, mm-hmm. that's where the I saw saw that, and I'm like, great. He only has one arm for now. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. totally. Cool. Yeah, that's no, pretty cool. All righty then. Mm-hmm. Closing that major major arc right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Norman, mm-hmm. uh, did you find herbs you wanted to try and craft? No, I'm out. You're out? (laughs) Then instead, you were going to set a scene. 
You are upon a cliff overlooking the chasm that shaped Caradal is built upon. Much of it is up top, but some areas are down here, sticking out up, up from it. The veil that you rest your elbows on, on, looking like root and vine, but made of gilded metal, an odd dichotomy, but not uncommon in this grand city. Moonseeker is there beside you, looking out over the morning fog and dew chasm before the sun's rays eventually evaporate her all to mist. She says to you, Do you ever wonder, Norwin, what Nathal could have done in times such as these? Or what his spirit could have accomplished if it had found a person more capable? Yes. She looks at you plainly like an instructor to a disappointing student. That leans forward a bit. Do you ever wonder if you are doing enough or if you are a pathetic waste of potential? Constantly. You wake up in oh. your bed in the guild hall. <laughs> wake up in your bed in the guild hall. Um, it is it's true. There's a bit of slight hustle and bustle of breakfast being being cooked, trainees coming in. Despite the unwelcome dream, you are fully recovered, your spellcraft and whatnot. Moonseeker's voice ringing in your ears, but you know it is not her words, but your own. This is the morning that, that, you, that you will go to Elfheim. But we're going to go over to Earth, actually. Absolutely. Oh. Surprise! Surprise! Fucking. Earth out. Say, Norwin goes, you had a bit of, of a day or See two. Night! <laughs> <laughs> um, you had a day or two um, adventure with the kids. I, I believe you, you said you wanted to leave the, mm-hmm. the city for a bit. It's probably a good time to go visit the Marquis. But it is your choice. Do you want to go morning, lunch, dinner? And who do you want to bring with you as you go? Um... <laughs> I will bring my good friend Inigo, and we'll go into town, have a few afternoon brews, and then head to the marquee. Not at any specified dinner time. <laughs> Perfecto. Surprise, rich motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just in a three-quarters meal. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. You and Cassius. And Cassius. Yep. Okay. Flanked by your lieutenant and lieutenant. You arrive at the Marquis's establishment, not quite in the center of the city, um, off the beaten path, but definitely on a hill with walls around around it. A castle that, unsurprisingly to you, has probably stood uh, far before recorded time. 
kind of reminds you of the large sort of central castle type building in an ice wall that had been appropriated for a bunch of administrative type things. But no, this is just the Marquis abode. Classic. Classic stuff. You get you take some notes on oh, maybe maybe I should should get that. Maybe I should should get that. As he's got two or three full sets of walls around stables with twenty four horses um, in the them entire field within his initial walled-in area um, where some horses are out and, and, and about gardens with little hedge mazes, fountains, spraying water. It is truly a beautiful place and quite secluded given the multiple rings walls. As you come and you present your invitation, the guards um, ver- verify its its truth and chat a bit with some with some some, some, some others, verifying that you are who you say you are, and bring you inside. You you eventually find your way to the um, outdoor courtyard that would be basically in the castle, that makes any mm-hmm. sense. The you castle like a set has, of walls, there's like an open air courtyard. That's... Exactly, which just makes the castle itself seem like yet another wall mm-hmm. built in. Um, but you step in to this beautiful, bountiful garden here. Flowers and trees all around the edges. And in the center uh, um, is a two figures with swords and basic armor and one far more uh fancy we'll just say with the the hair the mustache and 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 whatnot figure wearing much finer armor and a cape and his long sword drawn as he clashes steel with these two there's you are obviously the the three of you are flanked by a good um, eight or so guards as natural as natural and one other figure is standing near who you presume to be the marquee and we'll have confirmation of that shortly um who is a bit more just standing there his hand on his hilt watching the combat between them as you just kind of look and and cock your head about that they're all using quite real swords and in some ways, it's very obvious that the two fellows are allowing the Marquis to best them. It's not always a bad thing, though. They are clashing real st- real steel. You see the sunlight here, beautiful, beautiful day, glinting off of it. And the man, the fancier man, does have uh, some good moves to, to him. Yeah, the such. You wait just for maybe a dozen or so seconds as one of that the them kind of looks 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 over at you guys sees you nods the marquis turns she's his sword um his guard that was watching produces a handkerchief which he just will dab here dab his mustache a bit back well thank you thank you i mean to please big fan of the theater You got me immediately. You got, got me. You all smirk at that. Um, pictures. 
here is, and he is he is introduced as Marquis Guillermo Androsiano. But I can respect a man who works up a sweat. I'll say as I approach him and extend my hand. Well, Quint. Yes, it is good for men of all class not to know how to wield a a blade, is it not? Not only in your line of work, my friend, but also in mine. Those who don't know how to use them can still die by them. Precisely. So I'm glad that you did end up accepting my invitation. Well, who could turn down such a gracious offer? I mean, it's about time. One of the servants over there pours wine as, as he's like this and just slips it <laughs> right, right, right in. Mm-hmm. Wine, perhaps ale, whiskey, if you choose. Yes. All three. They nod and scamper off. Uh, wine is just readily available and water. Um, so three take glasses. a glass, pass one to Cassius. In you go. <sighs> now, you know who I am, but I am not entirely sure who you are, my friend. So please, introductions all around? Well, we're not quite as showy as you are, my lord, but I am Erfael Dolstil, one of the leaders of the great guild that's been keeping your city safe, and these are my hands, for lack of a better phrase, my friend Inigo and Cassius. Inigo. Cassius. <laughs> and we are the Gravewalkers. You are, aren't you? No. I will admit, I am curious. What, in a sense, um, has brought your band of merry mercenaries? Is that how you would refer to yourself? In part, yeah. What would bring you to a fine city like Highmont? Hmm. Quite frankly, dumb luck would have it. Timing was good when we were here, and there's an opportunity. Plus, I can't say I hate the climate. It's a nice place to be. The what? The weather, right? The weather. <laughs> Gateway to the north, easy access to the south. So I would even say Highmont might be the heart of the new world. It is a gem, is it not? Mm. When, much like our gems, we have to, to keep them close to our hearts. Protected, safe. I'm sure you can understand my concern when a mercenary company comes and is growing quite quickly. And if the sheriff Brolan is to be trusted, and I do trust the man, even a number of our guards, soldiers, are defecting, I believe is the technical term, to head over to your very fine guild hall. Are you here to fault me for your failings, Lord? No. Have we done something to upset you? Not intentionally. Hmm. 
I want to make sure that Heimat stays the jewel that it is, in the chest that it is in, on the velvet cushion upon which it lays. Do not want to see any of that gone up in flames. That's me. We need good men. I can deal with some of our guards and soldiers, constables even, departing. Goodness knows you found a use for some of the ruffians and riffraff and such as well, my good friend Dolstil. But understand my position. Hmm? What I am seeing is a growing army just on my doorstep. I simply want to be sure that it is a friendly force. We have no reason not to be friends, Guillermo. Oh, I've let, I've let enough slip. I would prefer Marquis. Mm, Marquis, of course. What are your goals? My dear lord, don't steal. Hmm. What do you wish for? Why do you take upon this business? From my understanding, you have already spent a sum of gold, either pro procuring the guild house, paying for the master maker's expedited services, now the Iron Hand building company about to build you additional barracks, speaking even further expansion. New stables fixed up, steeds, and not to mention the amount of time and gold that I'm sure you've spent with our mutual good friend, Merc Mercurius Alabastus. Surely you have enough wealth to have retired ten times over. So what, I ask? Do you want? I think the misunderstanding, Marquis, is that you and I are just two different people. Where you believe these people exist to provide you with land and privilege. I think it is your land and privilege that exists to provide for these people. So I look to give something for the ruffians to do. I am more than okay with you taking in some of the poor, lesser folk, giving them purpose, though it prickles the back of my neck to consider them becoming proficient with st steel. More than that is there are people within this very city that would see harm come to me, would see harm come to Ability, aristocracy, anywhere. Harm that would come to the very people of Heimat. Whatever you think of me, my good friend, I am not the evil here. There are rats scurrying about, as there always are. I would seek a knife to my, th my throat, or better yet, in my back just to watch things burn. 
take what is mine, to take what is the people's. Smugglers bringing in their their husk, their red vein, their various drugs and goods and smuggling. There is enough going on here that if certain peoples were to try to join your fine guild, I simply have to be wary, you see. As I said, an army is being built on my very doorstep. Some certain individuals or parties, organizations, if you will, I would not want to align with you. Hmm. So, I would like to align with you myself. And aside from hiring one of our own to already keep you safe, what does that mean? I'll be quite plain with you. I wish to hire your entire guild hall as my personal force, my personal hand. There is strength there. You clearly have a goal, like myself, to keep these people of Heimat safe. There is a war. As we speak, truce or no, I would like to take the burden of decision-making from you. At that, I'm going to look over my shoulder to Inigo, who will just go, oh no. <laughs> Big fuck up. <laughs> he doesn't say that. He just goes, oh no. Again, I don't mean to interrupt, my lord, but you seem to misunderstand if you have a job for us, we will gladly do it, but walkers do not bend the knee to anyone. Walkers do not bend the knee to anyone? My my. Is that a slogan of yours? Might be. If enough people need to hear it. So if I were to pay for your alliance or allegiance if you had a specific task that you think would better the city and people of Heimat we would be happy to help you with that hmm. we will not be your dogs on a chain at your beck and call to clean up your messes am I clear let me be clear I would rather have strong friends on my doorstep than an unknown entity. So I am bringing you into my house. Do you buy your friends, my lord? Yes, some I do. Hmm. Especially to keep them away from others. Don't even ask, you're not getting shit. I'll see you when you go. <laughs> If our wills are aligned, I have nothing to fear. My concern is that they are not. They may be today, they may not be tomorrow. 
So I'm offering to fund much of your guild activities and give direction, yes. Some protection, some looting out, traversals, shipments that need extra protection and as such. I need consistency. If you are mercenaries looking for work, I will keep you plied with work and gold, both. But this fierce independence of yours could have you lose a very lucrative opportunity for business. We ruffians wouldn't know the meaning of the word. This fierce independence is not something I can barter, Lord. I'm sorry. Can I at least trust that you do not have any ill will toward me or the people of this fine city, this jewel that we both want to live in and enjoy? As far as I see, me, see you're keeping her polished just fine. If gold does not sway a man such as you, what happens if another force or personage were offer you gold to turn against me? Are you saying you would not accept? You see, one thing I know about mercenary companies is they always accept gold. Often, most often, the highest bidder. If I came across rudely, it is because that's my understanding of mercenaries. So perhaps you are not that after all. Sometimes it's merely a bartering tactic. Act like you have a good heart so you can drive up the price. Mm -hmm. But if you do not give me a reason to be my enemy, no, I will not. You can sleep comfy on your big fluffy pillow. but to trust. I do not wish to see harm fall upon you, nor anyone of the city. Nor myself, of course, right? We can be honest with, with each other here, you and me. If you say that your sword will not be pointed at the city's throat despite being bitter, then I am content. Let me ask you another question. What happens when an opposing force marches upon this very city? Can I rely on you in your altruism to unsheathe your blades towards that? Or, or will I need to open my, my coffers for your services? If an army will be on my doorstep, I would rather it be friendly, as I said. If the people of the city stand with us, we stand with them. I hope to give you nothing to fear with trying to brighten this city even further. Well then, so be it, I suppose. Little more need be said. I would like to 
see. I was going to say, I'd like to sample the wares. Never accept a bottle of wine before you sample a taste first. In this case, that line does not make as much sense. But which of your men or yourself will take up the, 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 the sword? I would like to see the skill of your finest pitted against mine. He'll gesture over at the guard who was, uh, is the one that came with the Marquis over here, the one that was standing to the side, not fighting. And you see a fey fellow, like so. Symbol of the uh, Marquis, right there, hand always on his, his blade like that. Just watching, just behind. I'm sorry, he asked me who will fight him. Sorry, that's where we're at. Um, a friendly sparring match. I will turn to Cassius and I'll say, here's your chance to show me what you've changed since our tournament days. Gladly. He will step forward as others step back. He'll walk over more to the center. Cassius will follow suit. Uh, you don't, we don't need to use dice for, for this. Um, but he will stand there exactly as he is and gesture for Cassius to go first. And I'll just say Cassius will not treat this as a friendly sparring match, but essentially fight like every Gravewalker should fight, every fight, and go at him with everything he's got. So, action surge right off the bat, all the shit. That's <laughs> Cassius. All right, and draws his steel. <coughs> this fellow immediately leaps forward. Sword comes out and flicks the tip just at Cash's face where he has to block with his sword half undrawn himself. Come, comes in low and brings the scabbard into Cash's gut. Spins around and brings the the back metal um, tip to clip him on the side. And Cash is like, what the fuck? And he flicks and the figure ducks and she uses his sword again. Flipping it over. Okay. Cassius <laughs> says. He'll use his samurai fighting spirit, bolster himself, action sword. Chop, 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 chop! Very much like, like four attacks right around. <laughs> very much like Kendo is sort of. Yes, yep, I mean, he's yeah. like a knight to fight <laughs> in like a Ken Kendo style. Ha! Ha! Only it's. Like, the funniest Joe joke you've ever heard. <laughs> Comes in. Stop, you're laughing so hard it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll. And, and he will take one, one on his pauldron. Bring it up. Draw his sword to block one. Stick the, the, the um, tip at Cash's neck, who spins around it and brings in the second two. He'll block with, with the scab. Bends his wrist a bit and come to stab as the, the last one comes down, and he fully just 
flumps down, and the, sh- the shield on his back will take the brunt of the last strike. <clears throat> he brings out a leg, and it buckles. You see the ground <clears throat> a bit. <clears throat> that the heaviness. And Cassius just uses the pressure to hold him down. He drops the sudden drop. Sudden drops as Cassius <clears throat> as he lays flat, spins around, kicks Cassius's ankle. An- Kicks his ankle mm-hmm. in a tripping, he'll fall, comes that would up hurt so bad. <laughs> and drops the scabbard, brings the sword right down down at, at his neck, just like you're at Earth's like <laughs> push. He <laughs> <laughs> <And> just <laughs> right at his neck. Cash just, just moves his his head. He does this, boom, blocks, boom, pins him down heavy. Second wins. He does the same. And they Clang. There's a few. And then catch this one. Okay. And he'll hold his sword up like, like this. Blade downward, butt like this. Hand over. And Matthias Rual, this is his name. We'll just look down at the ground, or so, so it seems, looking at Cash's feet. There's a standoff moment here where Cassius will come come in using another of his big breaths and, and he just. And Cassius just begins on attack. Cassius just goes in, constantly trying to outmaneuver him, coming from the side. He, a few do get through, or he blocks, but it just kind of gets him a bit. But he blocks the majority of them. Just without looking up much, just that thing. Twenty or so strikes, maybe four of them get 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 through. Cassius is tiring as he lifts up. And he just just comes in hard, and the butt of his sword and gets him <coughs> right in the in the throat. <coughs> Brings the sword, his sword butt down on, on his head. <coughs> Crack. There's a moment where Cash just and <coughs> here, Marquis claps. Very nice. Very very nice. Nice will. Nod. Nod. And Cassius. <gasps> hey! Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> and he'll sheathe his sword as he, he'll come over and retrieve his scabbard with you see the metal around it to, to, to block with and such. Marquis says, So just in a numerical basis, would you consider him uh, your best sword? Or... One of mine, and my most trusted. And he goes like, what the fuck? <laughs> one of Plus, I didn't want you to kill him before he could even get over to you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. It is a, an acceptable display. No, you're my best. Calm down. Talking to blood. Who do you keep oh. speaking to? Yeah. <laughs> I know. You know. Okay. <laughs> And I'll flip my eye patch up too when he says that. Just to sell the whole madman. <laughs> Matthias, what do you say? 
If he's their best, nothing to be worried about. If he's in their top five, that would be a, that would be more concerned. Very good. Well, with that, uh, I'm sorry, whiskey has become for- for- forgotten on that on cards. Um, but they'll, he'll just say, you know what, and he'll bring bring a whole bottle. They'll cork it, leaving the glasses that they poured on the little cart. They'll just cork the bottle, still about two thirds full. Bring it over. He'll he'll to take it. Ah, a good one. He'll hand it to you. A gesture of our friendship, I hope. Finally done with the business and on to the pleasure. I think our pleasure here has been enough. Well, and to new friends. And you drink his entire <laughs> bottle of whiskey. <laughs> playing your bottle with his wine glass. Oh my. And he goes like, hey man, oh, come on. Cash is like, I could use something. <laughs> he does have like a goose egg, sort of like, like he, he has the, the goose egg. Mm-hmm. And Cassius is like, he moves his hand and you see just red and purple bruise Adam's on there. Apple yeah, sauce. His, his voice will be, he'll be talking like this for a bit. Good. Salt water sounds good, actually. Let's go <laughs> Okay. Uh, that's it for the, the scene I want. Is there anything you want to add? Otherwise, they will escort your ass out and you nope. can have any chats you wish to have with Inigo and Tartar. Inigo will ask, you know, what do you think? And all that sort of stuff. I think he won't be too much of a problem, you know, big fish in a, or little fish in a big pond, big fish in a little pond, however it goes. Was Point it is, we got that fish whenever we fucking want, but he's not really a problem. I don't think he'd be a problem. I kind of like him. He's not bad. I've met worse royalty. Hmm? Right? Is that what Hakon told you? Does that track? Seems to add up. Why? I'll keep an eye, just in case. Okay. I'm nervous about what Hakan might be telling him of our business and vice versa and see if he has any spies and such. Men like him, even if they're not bad men, can still get very nosy. Well, you sniff him out then and keep him out of there. (laughs) Can do. How are you doing? <laughs> Let's go get you a drink, I'll say, as we leave the castle within the castle within yeah. the castle. <laughs> the courtyard, to the castle, to the walls, to the windows! <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, let's take our break mm-hmm. now before we commence Norwin's first 